Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Stream of Thought. This is episode number 195. And we start things off by talking a little bit about shopping for jeans and how I had to go all over town just to find one pair of jeans. And then we segue into fashion and how Ricks and I are polar opposites when it comes to our sense of fashion and what we like to wear. And speaking of polar opposites, Victor and I talk about our fear and anxiety about going to either the doctor or the dentist. Holy cow, the traumatic experiences that we've had are very different. And then finally, we make our right-hand turn into the driving of mass transportation. Our experiences with going to Uber, using Megabus, all those other chaotic experiences that lead to some fun stories. So with that being said, episode number 195 of Stream of Thought. We hope you enjoy. Dude, the other day I spent like three hours looking for jeans. <laughs> like, what do you mean looking for jeans? Like shopping for jeans or like trying to find them in your... Yes. Okay. <laughs> shopping for jeans because okay. I think I told you on the last episode how I bought jeans online, but I couldn't return them because I, when I bought them, they were on clearance, even though they were the same size as previous, je- as previous jeans that I'd bought from the same company that was online. Right. And so I just – I needed jeans. I'd been putting this off for such a long time as the uh, – as, as well as the shoes that I got finally a couple weeks ago. So jeans and shoes, and jeans was on the list. And so I go to, like, Target. Well, let's just see. And they have, like, zero selection. They have just crap jeans. You know, the Target brand jeans that right away you look at them and you touch them and you can tell they're just super low quality. So I go into the actual Target, and they don't have anything that is worth buying. And so I Google, you know, where can I find Levi's jeans? Because back home, you could always find Levi's at, like, JCPenney or Kohl's, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, But they don't have Levi's at Target. So I Google where to find Levi's jeans. And I find a spot that's I have to, uh, that's kind of by where I live. And so – and it says online on the Levi's website, you know, uh, authentic Levi's retailer or partnered – Levi's retail or something. And so I go there and I walk in and it's this tiny little boutique shop where, you know, the shop is about the size of my apartment. (laughs) (laughs) And I walk in and I'm like, oh, dang, like you guys don't have any men's clothes, do you? And they're like, oh, yeah, we do. It's right here. And they have hanging on maybe about, you know, a four foot rack of men's stuff, you know, this tiny little selection. I'm like, Oh, sorry. I, you know, dang, I'm looking for jeans. And of course there's like four pairs of jeans. None of them are my size or anything that I want to <laughs> of buy. Course. And so she tells me, Oh, you can go to this place called, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, I think it's American rag or, you know, H and H and M or top man, you know, sells jeans. I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot about H and M. Okay. Well, I'll go check out American rag. And she goes, yeah, they have, they're a little more expensive, but they have a huge selection of denim. I'm like, all right, perfect. And 
I go there and, you know, they have a pretty big selection and I can tell the Levi's that they, cause Levi's has some real high quality jeans, you know, above that you would normally find in a regular drawer. That's like a regular store. That's raw denim, except those jeans, bro, those jeans were almost $300. What? <laughs> like, I'm just like, what? Yeah, uh, I'm not buying these jeans. What's what's the what's the average price of of a, a pair of jeans that you would buy? I don't even rem- Okay, so okay, so let me backtrack and let me tell you this. When I was living in Chicago, uh, one of my coworkers, he was really into buying super expensive stuff that was really high quality. I walked with him one time in this little pop up shop, and he spent six hundred dollars on a wallet. And his excuse was, yeah, but it's, like, this nice, genuine leather, and, like, the more that you, you are using it, like, it's got the, it, you know, it um, it kind of, it gets faded according to how you use it, you know, kind of like these coasters that I have that are leather. You can see, like, the, the wear and tear, and it's, it's just really cool. And I'm thinking, like, dude, do you get a ton of money from something that's not the job that we work at? Because this is pretty <laughs> yeah. freaking ridiculous. Seriously. And so, anyway, he was the one who told me about the brand Taylor Stitch, which is where I've gotten my my last two jeans from uh, for the last, like, seven years. So I bought a pair of Taylor Stitch jeans, the raw denim, and they were, like, I don't even remember, $125. And I had those jeans for four or five years. The same pair of jeans for four or five years. Just super high quality i loved it i had no problem spending that much money and then when those jeans got faded and kind of started looking gross i bought another taylor stitch pair of jeans same thing like 100 and 125 bucks or something or maybe 150 i can't remember and those jeans i had for three i stopped wearing them because they started looking too faded and gross but anyway those jeans i also had for like three years wow so i've had two pairs of jeans and you just you just owned two Yes, that you in wore. like seven, wow. in seven years. Holy crap. And I never wore them at the same time. I used the first one up for like four or five years. I used it all up, and then it, I kept it just in case like a pair of work jeans or, you know, the jeans that maybe I'll go camping so they smell like fire. Like, guys, I hate smelling like bonfire afterwards. But okay. anyway, <laughs> then I bought the second pair of jeans and had those for about, you know, three years. So for like seven or eight years, I only bought two pairs That's of jeans. That's incredible. Right? Holy cow. And so... And so then I bought the third pair for the same size, which didn't fit me, which I'm stuck with, which I'm trying to sell on Craigslist, but that's another story altogether. So anyway, I typically see, you know, having grown up going in the JCPenney or Kohl's, you can see jeans typically anywhere from, you know, 30 to 50 bucks is generally what I see. I'd rather spend a little bit more on high quality and not have to replace them as often. Yeah, because that, that's so, that, yeah. Yeah. So I'm in my brain, I am prepared to spend 100 to 150 dollars on a new pair of jeans. Okay. And bro, when you hold and when you feel the jeans that are more expensive, bro, you tell you can tell immediately these are real jeans. You know, this is real denim. This is like old school. This is just so high quality, so great. And the stuff that's out now is just kind of like cheap. I uh, never even thought about the feel of jeans. Bro, it's a game changer. 
It's it's absolutely incredible. Huh. Um, so anyway, I did not expect that. I just I don't know why, but I couldn't find any jeans. That was the least expensive. Two hundred and sixty-five dollars were the least expensive pair of jeans oh, that they had my there. Goodness. And I'm pretty particular with how I want my jeans. For example, I prefer a button fly. I uh, I would like them to have to be long enough where I can cuff them. Uh, the I want the the buttons to be brass. You know, have that copper, like have that copper finish as opposed to a silver finish. And you know how they always have like that leather square on the back waistband. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I'd always prefer to have like a a leather square that's like a tan or a brown. And a lot of these jeans had one that was blue. It's like I don't want that. So it's pretty specific as to what I was looking for. Anyway, I walk out of there after five minutes, and so then I go to H and M at the Grove or no at Beverly Center. And those jeans, you know, they're they're less quality, but they're still pretty good, you know. Get that. And uh, but I'm looking around, and I don't find any. I can't find any that are in my size. I want the slim cut, mm, tapered legs. Maybe I can go with the straight leg, but definitely the slim cut. What's your waist? But I don't find anything in my size. What's that? What's the waist size? So is, uh, is it like the, 32 by 34 or something? It depends. It's usually, depending on the jeans, it could be 30 or 31 or 32. Okay. They're always like, kind of like t-shirts, like kind of sometimes I get a large, sometimes I get a medium based on what it is. Yeah. And then the pants, the Taylor jeans, the Taylor jeans, the Taylor stitch uh, pants are always typically... Um, you know, 36 inches, so you have a couple inches to cuff them. But standard Holy 32 crap. by 32. 36, jeez. Right? Okay. And so, anyway, I don't find any of my size. Then I find one that's in my size. However, I notice that it's the, you know, skinny jeans. And <laughs> I'm like, damn it, I don't want skinny. I can fit into them, but... What was nice, I ended up buying them because they're the only ones in my size. But what's nice is they're a little bit stretchy and they still have a real dark denim and they're only $25. So I'm like, all right, these will suffice for the time being. So I bought those uh, and they're solid. They got the zipper fly, which I, I mean, they're not the ideal jeans that I want. And the legs, because they're skinny jeans, are super tapered. So I can't wear those jeans with the uh, these other shoes that I have, are, that, which are kind of like boots, because with those, you kind of need the jean to go over part of the shoe. Anyway, that took me like three hours to do, driving around all over the place. And what I found very odd was that both in uh, Target and H&M, the little small boutique place was like, oh, yeah, we have fitting rooms. But Target and H&M, they're like, oh, the fitting rooms are closed because of COVID. It's like, okay, so then can I return these if they don't fit me because I need to try them on? And they're like, 
yeah, both H&M and Target, they're like, no, yeah, you have, you can return them. It's like, all right, so I'll just waste my time driving back home, trying them on, and then coming back if I have to. One pair of jeans, yeah. <laughs> right. But anyway, I put them on. They fit. They were $25. Uh, they're skinny jeans. They're not super skinny, so it still works out well. Uh, I found a pair of jeans that will hold me over until I can, you know, get a, a better quality. But it passes the Victor Marquez seal of approval. There you okay. go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's nice. got my seal of approval. How, how, I have to ask, how often do you actually wear jeans in L.A.? I it don't wear be. them that often. I was going to say. Actually, I mean. I wore them all the time. When it was so, this is a this is a very interesting. So this will tell you exactly how long I've been procrastinating. <laughs> this entire winter, I anytime I went outside, for the most part, I wore shorts and flip flops, even when it was like sixty. De- well, I mean, for us, it's way different, but sixty degrees is pretty cold, and so I'd walk outside, and you know, I'd have my sweatshirt on, but I'd be wearing shorts and flip flops, and I would be just a little bit a little bit uncomfortable because it was just a little bit too cool. And I have these other pants that are really nice, these khaki pants and another pair of white pants that are that are great. But when I would wear those, I would still wear flip-flops because I didn't have uh I mean, I have the boots, like the the chucka shoe, the chucka boots. But I'm pretty particular. It's like I can't wear these boots and these shoes and this shirt. I mean, like I could, <laughs> but it's not going to look the best if I were to like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I don't know what it was, five months. But I wore jeans all the time. That was my standard, uh, you know, my standard bottom. But then the jeans that, that I have, they started just looking too faded. And I didn't want to look like a scrub, which is why I stopped wearing them. Okay. Yeah, because I'm thinking to myself, I feel like you and I are just total opposite when it comes to uh, fashion or anything like that. I can't remember the last time that I went shopping for clothes. It has been so long. Like, most of the clothes that I have right now are, like, gifts or, like, Christmas, birthday, whatever. I get clothes, so I don't need to go shopping, and, you know, I I suffice with whatever it is that I'm wearing, but – I think the last shopping that I did was for those uh, those shoes back like three years ago, those nice shoes that uh, that we had an episode the, about. The shoes that you ended up wearing when you were mowing the lawn and you fucked them up a little bit. Uh, well, I, I, are those different shoes? I, I think those were different shoes, but yeah, oh. no, it was like it was like three years ago was the last time. Yeah, but but yeah, no, we are polar opposites when it comes to <laughs> I'm clothing such and a fashion. Slob. And I don't even shop that often. I mean, since I've come to L.A., I've definitely spent some money on a few tops. But it's because I really – I, you know, I'll I'll keep clothes until they start looking less desirable, and then I'll <laughs> donate them, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our family did and that same, I'll, I, I will, you know – I'll get some, like I said, I'll get something, spend a little more money on it and keep it until I can't use it anymore. I have, I, the shorts that I'm wearing. Okay. So for example, right now, the, this, this shirt that I'm wearing, it's starting to get a few little holes in it actually. 
but I've had this since 2009. Oh my god. And the shorts that I'm wearing, still in great condition, I've had those for 10 years. I got these in 2011 when I was working at Hollister. Honestly, and, dude, yeah. that's. I and keep... I have a few other tops that I really like that I've had for – that I still wear, and it's been six or seven years. I have I think so. I, I think I have far too many clothes because I mean what I have I have something like I want to say 30 35 t-shirts and I never That's like, ridiculous. I have like four t I have like four shirt shirts, t-shirt shirts. So I've got like 35 of those. I've got um probably about a dozen undershirts. Um you can never have too many socks. But then when it comes to like dress and more formal attire i keep losing my button shirts and some really nice button shirts too that's something that i can appreciate for fashion you got to get the right color you got to get the right size so that it kind of i don't know that's something i can appreciate. a lot of mine i have tailored um but yeah i mean even though a lot of times i I don't have to wear dress shirts or khakis or anything like that i like to because it just makes me feel more professional if if there's a certain situation like that but yeah, the, the problem is, is because I never wear my t-shirts, they never get, uh, like, worn out. And so, they just keep accumulating over time. Whereas my dress shirts, oh my god, I'm I'm down to, like, three dress shirts now. <laughs> and 35 t-shirts. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm due for, for going to, like, Kohl's or something. My brother gave me a gift card for Christmas that I still haven't bothered uh, using. Where is – I can't remember where – oh, uh, in Downers Grove. I was like, where is the nearest Target in our neighborhood? Yeah. They've got some solid tops. Some of the stuff that I have is from Target because they got some pretty – every once in a while, they got some pretty groovy uh, button shirts. Dude, I swear, when I was growing up in, like, high school or younger, whatever, we would have family trips to the clothing store or whatever, and – we wouldn't just go to one. We'd go to like three or four. So it, it would become an all afternoon affair. And so it was myself, my brother, my sister, my mom. And we would just get into the store kind of, okay, go go to the areas where you need your clothes. And then we'll all reconvene at a certain point by the cash register or something like that. I I just hated those days. I just, uh, for, for whatever reason, um, the idea of going to like four or five different stores, especially if I only needed, you know, two or three different types of clothing could probably find them in one place. But like you said, you go to one store, they may not have your size, which is part of the reason why we, we did the circuit going to different stores. Because for me, I think for me, it was uh, back in high school. It was something like, it was a weird number, like 31 by 32 or something like that, which a lot of stores don't carry that particular size type. And yeah, I don't know. It was some yeah. some some very interesting experiences, but hey. yeah, I remember thinking. I mean, I don't think I was when I was growing up and in high school. Like any clothes that I got, it was just like, like you said, they were gifted. Was there was there a point in time when you started developing a fashion sense? I would say. That's a good question. I'm trying to think because I'm in my brain. I'm trying to think of clothes that I had in college and then after college. 
it was probably around it was probably around college your 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 fraternity taught you some culture uh a little bit there was a there was a a movement that some oh my, my a couple God. of my fraternity brothers started where you know the you, the the standard i guess you could say would be uh flat front shorts and uh ralph ralph lauren, lauren polo yeah. Yeah. Which made sense because I remember one time seeing a photo of myself in college wearing like cargo shorts and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing wearing cargo shorts? Oh my God. Ouch. <laughs> you know, or maybe you got the zipper on the side. Like, oh, yes. Right? Yes. And I'm like, ugh. And so it was probably around then that I became more, a little, just a little more astute in my uh, a little more discerning in your choice of yeah. attire yeah uh that's i don't really know i'm i a, a, sl- and, a slow evolution right and in and because when i was in indianapolis pretty much the clothes that i wore were uh my standard outfit was typically like Hollister stuff because I worked there. So you're for to to you had to you didn't have to wear Hollister clothing. You did not have to wear Hollister clothing, but if you wore clothes, they could not have any labels on them. And they did this thing where every season they w- we called them the 50s because every season there would be a selection of clothes that employees could choose from and they would get 50% off as a way, you know, as an incentive to wear the Hollister clothes. So I, I had Hollister jeans and a couple different Hollister tops and it was, you know, 50% off. And because I was working there every day, you know, 40 hours a week, after work or before work, if I was doing something, I'm just wearing those clothes. I'm not going to change out of them, right? Uh, and then I think it was around that time, I think it was around after college, I discovered stores like H&M and Zara. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, because we're at the mall. There was an H&M there. I, I don't yes. think I'd ever even yeah, heard yeah. of H&M until like 2010 or 2011. And I go into H&M like, holy cow, this place is styling. There's a bunch of cool stuff here, and it's all super affordable. So I think that was around the time, right after college, while I was working at Hollister, because I was already working in the mall. And, you know, when you're on your break, you're something to do, I'd walk around the mall and explore different shops. And when you're – I wasn't like a – I mean, in high school, I don't recall ever just going to hang out at the mall. We would sometimes go there, right? But yeah. I don't remember. I don't recall going there. You know, all the time. No, I don't remember. Yeah, not to not to shop or anything. A lot of times it was just hanging out. But yeah, dude, I think uh, the because for me, you know, it wasn't until I got to seminary that I got some sort of sense. Of, I knew that I didn't have any fashion sense, and so I was like begging uh, a lot of the women at seminary like please you know take me shopping with you you know i 
give give me something to work with here. And so uh, Dana, who I think you met, um, she was she was like ten years older than me or eight years older than me or something like that. Um, she ended up taking me lifelong. Lived in New Jersey, New York. So she knew all the places where you could go to these. They weren't th they they were thrift shops, but they were like high end like little little dark corner stores or whatever that a lot of people just walk by but you know that they're there and so you know i got cashmere for like 70 percent discount price first time i've ever bought cashmere bought some really great pants some shoes stuff like that and just paid a fraction of for name brands that uh otherwise you know i would have never bought myself i it was a cheap state you know back then too so right. yeah just to, to have to have that, I still have that cashmere sweater too. That's one. Of, that's one of my nicest pieces of pieces of uh, clothing. And, Dude, uh, cashmere is incredible. Oh, it feels so good. I love wearing that thing, man. Oh. Yeah, cashmere is really great. I just remembered thinking to, uh, you know, when we were sixteen or seventeen, I think I, I would get like a few shirts from Aeropostale and looking oh, back, yes. that's such a. <laughs> That's such a high school, middle school brand. It's such brand, a bro dude, store. Bro. I had I Aeropastel sweats, sweats because it was uh, 87, I think, was on there, and that was the year yeah, I was born. Yeah, dude, when I see <laughs> every so often – actually, I've never seen this since being out in L.A. I don't even think we have that store out here. I don't even remember. But uh, definitely back in Chicago when I would see – because when you develop a little bit of a fashion sense, you know, you you definitely cast judgment on those who, you know, are not uh, are are not uh, wearing clothes of your standard. And so, when I'd see, you know, someone in there at this time, I'm 22 or 23, seeing someone who's in their 30s or 40s or 50s wearing Aeropostale. <laughs> I was like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, what are yeah. What you doing to yourself? So cringy. So cringy. Right? Yeah. Um, and, yeah. I mean, who can, I mean, if it, if you like it, you like it, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's funny once you start to develop a sense of what you like and what, you, based on your perception, what is cool, and then you, are, you walk buy some shops and you're just like i can't even believe this is a business i can't even believe people would buy this crap <laughs> <laughs> dude yeah well okay so i remember actually now that we're talking about it it was about halfway through college that i would wear like sweats to class or whatever i don't know if you ever did that never never that's wore sweats. a hard no see for me i was my freshman year because i was playing college football um, so I had the Drake attire, and so for me it was kind of a, a status symbol in my own in my own mind. It's different if you're an athlete. Yeah, yeah, because I mean basically that's what all the other football players did too. They wore sweats to class, and so I'm like, I'm just gonna you know go with the flow, do that. Um, but then I stopped playing, you know, sophomore year, and I, I still continued for that year to wear sweats until about like halfway through. I was like, this just isn't really working for me anymore. And then finally started wearing normal clothes, but. Yeah, I had no. Why you just didn't like the you just didn't like the sweats, or did you feel like you were an imposter wearing sweats that typically athletes wore, and you were no longer an athlete? I think it was more the latter. I think it was I didn't want to feel like an imposter, and I was starting to get into the whole religion stuff too, going going down the path of ministry, 
So, you know, I, I felt like I, I, I needed to, needed to just change, change my image Wardrobe just, a, just a little bit. Image, yeah. 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 But cleanse yourself of the old and welcome the new. <laughs> and that's the thing. That's the other thing too, that I still, you know, even back then, even in high school or whatever, I hated wearing shorts, shorts, like, um, I don't know what the different types. I never wore jean shorts. I don't think I ever owned any jean shorts. Oh my shorts. gosh. I don't bro, think that, that was, was the ever one cool. thing. Never. That was one thing in college that we just were vehemently against and that we would just make fun of anybody. We would just if someone was in our house and they had jean shorts or like if they were rushing and they were Wearing jean shorts, yeah. it's like immediate no, <laughs> absolutely not. Oh man, but just shorts in general, I'm just not. I'm not a huge fan of shorts. It just for some reason, I don't know. I I have difficulty with like understanding how shorts work because some of them are like super short, like super. I don't know. Less. Yeah. So less you got th- your you you got your standard uh, the inseam. I. So in college, I'll give you – we'll go back and I'll give you a breakdown of kind of what the expectations were in college. And then you think about it and you're like, wow, like, yeah, you – you know, you're you're a young man. You're a young adult. You want to step up your game. You don't want to look like you're wearing clothes that you got in eighth grade. <laughs> yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And you think to yourself like, wow, yeah, this – oh, my goodness, dude. I just remembered – uh, a couple tops that I was wearing in high school, which at the time it looked good, but you know, you become a man and you need to change things up. And so, uh, jean shorts, also known as jorts, jorts. Yeah, were a that. hard no. You take that off immediately. <laughs> that was a big red flag. We don't, we never would associate ourselves with anybody who wore jean shorts. Uh, the other were cargo shorts. That's a big no. Yeah. Got- we can understand if you're wearing cargo shorts. We understand, but we're going to introduce you to the flat fronts. Those are just regular shorts. And then what you have uh, are, of course, any shorts below the knee. Nope. They need to be above the knee. Right? They need to be, you know, typically for me, a nine-inch inseam is a little too lengthy. I personally prefer, you know, a six to keep it well above the knee. You know, you have your flat fronts or you have the pleated. Pleated is a good option. Um, But, yeah, you start to – and when you start to learn these things, you think like, oh, man, I'm feeling woke right now. Thank (laughs) goodness for that. Thank goodness for that. Oh, man. Yeah, because – well – and it felt like there was this whole range over the course of the past decade and a half or whatever with various styles. Something that I could never understand were those super long shorts that came down like halfway to the ankle or something like that. Oh my god. I was goodness. like, why do you think that you look presentable in any conceivable <laughs> way? It just. And then those shorts always had like these. Huge back pockets Huge. that typically always had some type of crazy design on them. Yeah, just I, I I could never bring myself to do that. But then I am also somebody who can't who can't get too high right on my legs. It's just I I don't feel comfortable. <laughs> like for me, it's right down to the knee. But it felt like there was that whole range. And then you had the flood pants that all the girls wore too. That were you know four inches above the the ankle. 
right just the full range man and i i'm never able to get that right but i will say all i own are cargo shorts right now <laughs> and i don't think any of them fit i haven't worn shorts in so long oh man i i, I normally will just wear um like the the what do you call them? what i'm wearing right now i can't see the the regular like workout oh those are, are those like gym shorts gym shorts yeah i guess that's probably the best way to gym shorts is my kind of preference choice of preference but i don't go out in them i'm, I'm not going to go to a bar wearing okay gym i shorts, understand but it's it's just like for casual you know coming to the office stuff like that i'll just wear gym shorts I, I I have a ton of those too. I've got I've got like twenty of those. I've got like three gym shorts. <laughs> oh one my of them. God. One of them. The elastic is like because that one also is from two thousand nine. I bought them at the same time as this other shorts that I have. But uh, I got to get rid of them. But I like them because they are they have pockets. Yes, they, which is why I like them. Yeah. The other gym shorts I have don't have pockets. You have gym shorts without pockets, huh? Yeah, but also, oh my goodness, dude, I go to Target, the one that's right next to me here around the corner, and I'm like, why are these gym shorts $25? Why are these, is that expensive for gym shorts, 25 or like running shorts? I'll look online for like running, and there's like 30 bucks. Like, what happened just your standard 10 or $15 Yeah, shorts? I was going to say 10, 10 to 15 is kind of the... The range, unless you're getting something like I, I got um, shorts from from Drake University or whatever, so like nice nice mesh that's held up for a decade and a half now. Um, and I think that was like thirty five dollars or something, but my parents bought it for me. So, um, but yeah, dude, that thirty thirty bucks plus for for running shorts, just not with the wear and tear. <laughs> not, it's not feasible. Not 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 economically sustainable. I have. <laughs> I have to ask a question, though. I'm kind of curious what? because I think I know the answer, um, just knowing you and your, your general fashion sense. Washing clothes, right? So for me, I'll always wash my socks, my underwear, my running shorts, and my shirt. When it comes okay. to jeans, I can probably go about three wears before I end up washing. What's your What's your regimen? Do you wash every time? no so i mean obviously like i it depends on the day that i'm wearing these items right so if i'm wearing a shirt and i wear it you know for the day and it's not dirty i don't put it in the hamper i'll hold on to it and for another wear this is what i do this is my test for uh, for shirts, I always just smell the armpit, and if it's smelly, I throw it in the hamper. And if yes. it's not, I'll wear it again. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, right? well, that surprises me. I thought I thought you were going to be, be a regular washer. No, okay, because also I'm a I'm the type of person I don't sweat very often. I <laughs> I'll sometimes get warm. Yeah, but I'm not going to sweat very uh uh often and when i'm doing when i've done like postmates you know deliveries especially in the middle of the afternoon sometimes it does get pretty hot and i do sweat 
And what I'll do is just so I don't waste a t-shirt, you know, I'll wear it. I, it'll get a little bit sweaty. Um, but maybe I'll wear the shirt again the next day or the day after because I know it's just going to get dirt. It's I know I'm just going to sweat a little bit. And so I my mentality is that of like, you know, quote unquote, a work, a work shirt. Okay. Or a work yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing, you know, where you can afford to, to rough it up a little bit. Yeah. And the same thing, dude, the other day it was so weird. I was at the gym and I'm doing some upper body stuff and I I'm there for an hour and I'm going you know it's pretty intense and I'm I only sweat just a little bit in the armpit and it's like I'm and my face just feels like it's glistened a little bit like I'm I don't I don't get hot or sweat very uh, often. I am so envious of you. You have no idea how envious I am. But, bro, <laughs> I get I get very cold. Yeah. I'm always feeling cold. That's so interesting. Yeah. Right? Well, so, <laughs> you sound like my grandmother. Well, it, it, it was weird, because when I, last time I was visiting my grandmother, you know, working outside, um, I never really paid attention to this, but it's, it's like, you know, 85, 90 degrees, something like that. We're working out in the yard. And the, the moment, the moment I walk out the door, I'm just, I'm wet. Like, I, it is it is the grossest thing. I just can't, I don't know. I have I have very, very low threshold for perspiration. And here... Well, you're in, in Florida, and humidity is a different ball game. That's true. But my grandmother, she's working right next to me or whatever. We're, you know, plant, planting or digging up, whatever. And within, within 15 minutes, I... It looks like I just jumped in the pool. And I look over to her, perfect hair, no glisten, no nothing. And she and she, I asked her, I was like, this is so weird. <laughs> like, this feels like it shouldn't be. She said, oh, I don't sweat. I don't, I've never really sweat. And, uh, yeah, it's because that, that's part of the reason why I wear an undershirt whenever I wear a button-up. Because um, it just happens. I mean, I, I'm literally sitting right here right now, and I've got I've got perspiration. I think that's part of the reason why I like the North so much is because I am I am perpetually warm. It just I I can't do anything about that. And so anytime I go down to Florida or anywhere south, basically, it's just it's such a, an excruciating experience. I like get me to the nearest air conditioned room. Um, but I think I've mentioned this before too, kind of on that topic um, that I have hyperhidrosis, where yes. my my and. Like, it's fine under normal circumstances, but uh, because this office has weird, like, climate stuff, uh, you know how everything now is, is fingerprint-sensitive um, on your phone, get to an app, gotta do your fingerprint thing. I would say it's about 50% of the time my, my hand just naturally is too sweaty to actually unlock it, and then I have to remember the password for whatever random app I'm trying to access. And I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? And then they're like, you have. And uh, so I type in a couple of the, the common ones that I use. <laughs> it's like, incorrect. Incorrect. You have two more attempts before your account is locked. It's like, oh, crap. Maybe I should just come back later when my hands are dry and just do the thing again. But it's it's a, it, it's more of an inconvenience than you might think. I bet. Dude, I would hate that. So you got to get that phone, that face recognition. I know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think that I think that might solve a lot of the issues. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get the face recognition. Um, let's see. Oh, nice. The sun is out. 
So you you had mentioned because we were talking a couple of days ago off air um, the vaccine. You've got your your vaccine shot. Got my first dose. Did you have yeah. any any after effects? Like no, nothing. You didn't. My you didn't arm feel was my, my arm was sore. I was like, oh man, my arm feels pretty sore the next day, that day and the next day. What the hell? I, I remember that actually back when I was working at New York Presbyterian Hospital and I had to get that uh, um, chicken pox or shingles vaccine, whatever it is, because um, I wasn't fully immune. And same thing. It was like the day after. It was just – it was sore for like a good 24 hours or more. Um, I was like, oh, this is odd. Like it, it's not from the shot itself. It just kind of is in that area. There, There is kind of a soreness. So I wasn't sure if that was – the same experience that you had because dude hear, hearing all the weird symptoms people have been experiencing getting their i think the second vaccine shot is the one that people have more issue with so oh, you've only got you've only gotten one right right dude i was so fucking pissed when uh last year when i went to the doctor uh this was right before covid or maybe this was around the time that it was kind of starting up in the u.s but the doctor's like oh you you know uh have you gotten a flu shot this year i'm like no he's like oh well we should give you one and i was like i'm good well no we should give you one i'm like all right fucking a fine i've never get flu shots what happens that day, I have a reaction. I feel like sh- – or the next day, like, I just feel like shit. And I'm just like, god damn it. Like, this is what I did not want. I knew this would happen. <laughs> yes. Like, I knew this would happen because he's like, no, you should get it because of, like, COVID. It's like, okay, well, in my understanding, COVID is a separate animal than the fucking common flu. So I get the shot. I feel like shit the next day. I was so upset. But anyway, what I'm getting at is I got that shot. I got the vaccine last week. I don't remember, but my memory as a child getting shots was terrifying. Really? As a child, I, I was – my memory is like, uh-oh, it's the needle. That and the finger prick to get your blood sample was like the most excruciating part of going to the doctor. And then one time – I think I was at the doctor like 10 years ago, and they took a blood sample from my finger, another finger prick. I didn't even feel it, and I was thinking – is it just because I'm an adult and I'm not sensitive to the pain or, you know, has there been some finger pricking technology that <laughs> makes it not as painful? Yeah. But it, I didn't even feel it that time or when I got these shots. When I was a kid, I keep thinking that it was this thing that was just so painful to endure. Was it, was it more the needle stuff or was it just the, the, the feeling I think it was just being a kid and seeing the needle and just creating all of this uh, anxiety in your head. I think maybe that's what it was. Yeah, because I don't, I don't remember that I ever had any issues when it came to the doctor. The dentist was a whole different story. You hear that buzzing machine or whatever. The, the, just like I was oh never afraid God. of the dentist. I I always enjoyed going to the dentist as a kid. I was terrified of the dentist. That was that was probably a similar experience to you going to the doctor, where it just it was the worst experience for me. Traumatic, almost traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> I I hear certain sounds and I get flashbacks. <laughs> 
Yeah, I liked it. Oh man, I liked it because I always looked forward to getting like a the, your little goodie bag at the end with the little miniature <laughs> toothpaste and some floss and toothbrush and everything. Didn't they used to give out? Was it just the doctor? Because I don't think the dentist did this. Oh no, there were certain dentists that gave out the sugar-free lollipops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I don't remember oh, like sugar-free gum. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember getting anything from the doctor though. Like after maybe the a doctor, lollipop, maybe. I get a lollipop from the doctor. Yeah. 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 We'd also get a lollipop from the bank when my mom would yes! pull up to the bank You're... and make a deposit. I totally forgot <laughs> about those that. Freaking tubes. Yes. <laughs> totally. Yeah, because because my mom would always go either go in with with us or go go through the drive like the the in person drive through and. Now that I think yeah. about it, I don't think I've ever seen out here a bank in L.A. that has a drive-through. Are you serious? I don't think I've seen. And you know what my mom pointed out? She says, "You know what I've noticed? I'm like what? I don't see any telephone poles anywhere. I don't see any telephone poles or wires going across. You know, up in the air." And this was a few weeks ago, and I was like, "Oh my goodness." I never noticed that. There are zero telephone poles around here. The only, right, because isn't it, do you guys have have trams um, in the LA area? Like, I don't don't know if that, I don't know if that's um, a different city where they do the trams. San Francisco. San San Francisco, okay, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, we don't have them here. Um, Yeah, so it's all underground, right? All the the wiring and stuff like that? It didn't even occur to me that you could do, I, I never noticed that. Ever. Dude, isn't that weird? For the two and a half years that I've been here, when your until mind my mother is just pointed it out. Blown when you realize something so so obvious that I mean you you just adapted to it. It was not it's not something that you would ever think about. But and then I was thinking, well, why don't they just do it underground back home? Maybe because of winter. Like if something happens that you need, act, like if in the winter the heart the ground could be like rock. It, it, I actually do access yes. or something. I, I do actually know this. It is because the ground freeze because it can go down up to um, I think it's six feet or whatever where the ground can just totally become rock solid and that becomes problematic for electricity and stuff. Right. But Florida, Florida is the same way too, where they have everything underground because the the hurricane oh, okay. seasons and stuff. Um, just, oh, right. just, just imagine how crazy it would be if they had our, our type of in- infrastructure <laughs> they'd have have to repair yeah. it after literally every single storm. So yeah, that was, I think I, I never really paid attention to it until my, my grandmother pointed it out years and years ago, um, where everything was underground, um, which is part of the reason why power is so relatively reliable during those storms. But I never see, I mean, obviously we're in the age of uber and lyft but at least in new york and chicago you definitely still see taxis all over the place just driving around and you you can wave one down but out here there's never taxis that are driving around if you want a taxi you have to call them up but chicago or new york you can just walk out the street and hail a cab yeah dude and with the gig economy i mean i I think about this too that i don't know how the taxi industry survives you know if if Unless unless the state comes in and passes some sort of regulation, but I mean everything about taxis are just so much more expensive and so much less convenient than something like Uber or Lyft or whatever. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I do not know. I do remember when my friend was like, "This is 2012," 
He's like, hey, bro, you ever, you hear Uber? I don't know what the hell that is. And he explained it to me. And I, I think this is at the time, I think when Uber started, I believe it was only nice cars. I don't know. I don't think an Uber would be like a Toyota Prius. I think it was typically always a car, a little bit of a nicer car. And when he told me about that, I was like, oh, cool. And at that time, Uber was ridiculously cheap. Oh, my God, dude. So freaking cheap. I was like, wow, this is absolutely incredible. Like like Megabus. I could get I could get Oh my gosh, mega bus. Fuck, dude. I could get a bus from Des Moines to Chicago for I think the cheapest I got it was for three dollars. Three dollars to travel however because it was not a straight shot either. They went up to uh they went into like Wisconsin or something like that and then came down to Chicago. Three bucks for basically four hundred miles. Dude, I keep thinking when I think of Megabus, I also think of united airlines like i just feel like they're always in the headlines something is always going on <laughs> that where they're uh in the headlines for some negative reason and i remember megabus a few times it's like bus catches on fire while it's driving down the highway <laughs> right well there's something weird like that because they were all repurposed buses um uh, there was <laughs> i think there were two times where one was the bus I was waiting in Chicago to go back to Des Moines. And I was there. We were all there. Everyone's waiting there for probably about three hours. And apparently the bus had broken down somewhere, you know, hundreds of miles away. And they weren't able to get a replacement bus or anything like that. I think I did end up... No, I think actually I just called my mom to pick me up from Chicago. I said, I'm going to go back another day because at that point they didn't have customer service. They had no way they had, they didn't have, they didn't have tracking. They didn't have anything like that. So you, you would have no idea when or where the bus was or when it was going to actually come. So you always gave that kind of buffer of, okay, you know, I'll be standing here for like a half an hour or something like that. And then, you know, as the hours are going by, people are trying to find a way to get in contact with customer service. And customer service says, well, we don't have GPS or a way to contact the bus driver. You're just going to have It'll to wait. It'll get here when it <laughs> It'll gets here. It'll get here when it gets here was kind of the response. And the other time, uh, it was the air conditioning failed. I think it was like right after summer break or something like that. Coming back, the air conditioner failed. And so here, everything starts just heating up. It's... 85 90 degree day outside and everything just starts going up people are trying to like crack the windows or whatever and at some point the bus driver has to pull over just because the engine is overheating or something like that and we were stuck at a gas station for probably probably about two hours as as they were trying to figure out what to do with it i think eventually they got it back up and running but yeah it was that was always that was always like a gamble whenever i was gonna take a megabus it's like is it gonna show up on time sometimes it actually showed up early and would leave exactly on the dot so you always had to have that buffer of like 15 minutes to get there so i'm always like running making sure because on the megabus pickups there's always three buses with the various locations that they're going to and you don't know if your bus has arrived yet so you're just trying to try to sprint to the the place and um and then discover nope not here yet (laughs) you're gonna have to wait another half hour
Yeah, I didn't like how. I think one time I took a shuttle from Chicago to Purdue once or twice, which I could. It could take oh, yeah, two. Drake I could drive. Too, it actually. could take me two hours. You know, maybe maybe two hours and fifteen minutes or two and a half. But with a bus or a shuttle, you know, it takes three hours, and then it's like you make a pit stop for 30. It's like, dude, why are we making this pit stop? Like, this is not a six-hour trip. Like, let's just go the whole way through without stopping. And then you got to stop and wait, make sure everyone's back on the bus, take a head count and everything. It's like, come on, let's just go already. I always wondered at those pit stops, which, by the way, I agree. I think 30 minutes is way too long. Pit stop. Maybe it's just for the driver. Oh, right. Maybe yeah. You're day, right. Just Maybe they've been driving a break. all day for other routes or something. But I would always remember whether it was Greyhound or Megabus or whatever. Be back in the bus in 30 minutes. Like, make sure you're back. And I always was wondering if there ever was a time where somebody missed their bus. Like the bus driver miscounted heads as everyone was getting off, and then they happened to be in the bathroom or something like that. Come out. The bus is gone, and they're yeah. in the middle of nowhere with no that way to suck. be able to get to where they're going. That was that was always my biggest fear with those breaks. I was just like, "All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go in. You know, if it's around lunchtime, get something from the Wendy's or whatever. Get get back onto the bus, and I'll have my meal there." As opposed to a lot of the people who wanted to eat in the wander uh, around in the restaurant. a little bit. Like, yeah, I'm not gonna touch. I'm not. I'm wandering around exactly. Yeah. Well, I don't have anything else. Do you? No, I think that's that's pretty much it. What we're going we're we're going on almost an hour. One ninety five in the books. Until next Until time. Until next time.